Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 9, verses 23 to 27. By the way, my name is Matthew Nicosia. I'm the director of VBC Kids, the children's ministry here at Valley Bible Church. And our poor uh, Pastor Phil, uh, he called me Wednesday and he left me a voice message that sounded something like this. Matthew, I'm not feeling so well. <laughs> so I think it was his turn at getting that debilitating flu bug that I think we've all uh, taken turns passing around. And so uh, he asked that I'd fill in for him this morning. So keep him in your prayers. It sounds like he's doing a little bit better. Is that right? Wonderful. So uh, you get the, the pinch hitter today. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 to 27. If you're visiting with us today uh, and you're using the Pew Bible in front of you, it's on page 733. I invite you to open it up. I'd like for you to see Jesus' words for yourself, not just take my word for it. We're in Luke chapter 9, verses 23 to 27. Let's bow in prayer as we look at God's word together this morning and ask for his blessing as we do that. Father in heaven, we thank you for this new morning. We thank you for this new week that you've given to us. We thank you that you've given us voices to worship you. You've given us minds to understand you. You've put breath in our lungs. You've given us eyes that see and ears that hear. But, oh, Father, even with all those things, we could still miss what you want us to learn. Oh, we're asking, would you open our spiritual eyes that we may see? Open our spiritual ears that we may hear and understand all that is in your glorious word. We trust that you'll do that by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 to 27, and the title of today's sermon is The Risk of Following Jesus. The Risk of Following Jesus. I looked up the term risk. What's a risk? A risk is defined as the exposure to the chance of injury or loss. Again, risk is the exposure to the chance of injury or loss. It's a hazard or a dangerous chance. And so we would say, if we saw something that's very risky, we would say, it's not worth the risk. So I was looking at risk, and I was thinking, about what is risk all about? In fact, I just looked at my friend Al Clark. He's in charge of actually being a risk manager. His whole profession is to help his company make sure that they don't go down a path that is too risky for them. Now that sounds really interesting, and praise the Lord, God's provided for Al as a risk manager. But uh, I was looking at some other stuff about taking risks. And so I looked up what are some of the most popular extreme sports that people love to do in taking risks so that they can get a thrill. And so, you know, if you've done any of these, let's uh, you can go ahead and raise your hand. We'll, we'll, we'll be impressed here for a minute or two. These daredevils. Are there any daredevils here that love to take a risk? Skydiving. Skydiving. Anybody skydived before? There's a couple hands here. Skydiving. Yeah. Susie Fernandez has skydived or skydove. I don't know how you put that. But skydive. Yes. And so these are people that think that it's actually a great idea to go up in an airplane like two miles up and open the door of the airplane and jump out. And, and for them, the thrill is worth the risk of actually jumping out of an airplane. The way I ride in airplanes is I ride with the door closed. I'm in my seat with my seatbelt on. And that's how I like to fly in airplanes. But some people think it's really cool to jump out of them. How about this one? Train surfing. Tra yeah, train surfing. You get on top of a moving train, the faster the better, and you ride on top of the cars of the train like you're surfing. Train surfing, risk, risk. They love to get a thrill. You'll like this one. 
How many snowboarders? Any, anybody snowboarding here? Snowboarding or skiing, right? Right? Okay, how about this? Volcano boarding. Volcano boarding. Yeah, you find a volcano, but here's the key. It can't be an extinct volcano. It can't be a dormant volcano. It must be an active volcano. And so they've designed boards that actually slide down, you know, the, not, not the hot lava, but, you know, like the, the, the ash and stuff that's remaining. And they slide down active volcanoes. They think this is really fun, right? So this is taking risks, right? This one's my favorite. How many of you bungee jump? Anybody bungee jumped off a bridge before or anything? Now, I raise my hand because I'm asking you if you've done this to raise your hand. I've never done any of these things before. You bungee jumped, okay? How about this one? Crocodile bungee jumping. Crocodile bungee jumping. Does that even need any explanation? You bungee jump off of a bridge, and down below is a body of water that's full of hungry co crocodiles. So if you're that, into that kind of stuff, maybe that's a thrill that you could sink your teeth into, huh? Yes, the jokes are really bad. <laughs> but these are people that are finding ways to get a thrill. And they want to get a thrill because they want to feel like they're risking something. And even though they still have that bungee cord tied to their ankles or that parachute on their back, they still feel like there's something risky about what I'm doing. And it's worth the risk to them in order to feel like they received a thrill. So we're talking about risk this morning, but what we're looking at is the risk of following Jesus in Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 27. Hopefully you're there. Follow along as I read aloud. And he, being Jesus, said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels." But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. If you're a note taker today, it's pretty simple. We're talking about the risk of following Jesus. Point number one is this. You will risk something in following Jesus. You will risk, not might, you will risk something in following Jesus. Verse 23, Jesus says, if anybody would want to come after me. Literally, that means if anybody wishes, if anybody has the desire to come after me. If you're here today and you call yourself a Christian, what you have said is, I have a desire to follow Jesus. I have that desire, okay? Uh, and you're following him. So uh, Jesus, when he says, come after me, this is, this is what he says all throughout the Gospels. It's another way of saying, be my disciple, be my follower. This is the life to which Jesus calls every person in the Gospel. As he went around to the towns of Galilee and Judea and Samaria, he was preaching the good news of the kingdom. And it went a lot like this. If you could summarize it, there were some times that he said these exact words. But all of his sermons, if you could summarize it, it would go this way. 
repent and believe and follow me. This is the gospel call. So we, sometimes we wonder ourselves, man, if I could summarize the gospel, how would I do that? Well, Jesus walked around and said, repent, meaning turn away from your old life, have a change of mind, turn to me, believe and trust in me, and follow me. This was the gospel of the kingdom that Jesus was going around, his kingdom, that he was going around preaching everywhere he went. And so Jesus says something similar to that. He says, if anyone desires to come after me, he says, here are three things. Here are three risks. Because, again, you will risk something. You will risk something if you follow Jesus. What are those things? Well, the first risk is this. Right there in 23 it says, if anyone desires to follow after me, let him deny himself. Let him deny himself. Now, some of you may deny yourselves of things. You know, if you're on some sort of like special diet, you may deny yourself of products that have sugar in them or sugar altogether. Uh, maybe you're denying yourself of red meat or carbohydrates or something. You deny yourself those things. Maybe, uh, you know, you deny yourself of alcohol or, or something else. You're denying yourself from having that thing. Maybe for a while because, you, you know, you're, you're real busy, you got to study for something or do something, you'll deny yourself from watching television for a while because you've got other more important things to do. So athletes especially, they do this. They deny themselves of certain kinds of foods. They have a strict diet. Uh, they work out. They get up real early in the morning, some of them, and they train really hard. They deny themselves comfort and put themselves through a regiment because they're trying to train themselves for something. So they deny themselves certain things. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. Look at it again. Jesus says, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself. Not just to deny him or herself of stuff, but to actually deny himself. It's a rejection of yourself. It's denying personal control of one's life. It's actually saying to Jesus or about Jesus saying, I am not in charge of me. Jesus is in charge of me. I'm denying myself and I'm giving Jesus control. It's kind of a, a funny analogy and I, I know it pales in comparison, but there's some times when, you know, I get home and, and I know there's a big game on and I'm really excited about the big game. But my wife sometimes has other plans. She likes to watch really wonderful home improvement television shows. And so I'll come in and I'll say, uh, you know, there's a big game tonight. How come it's not on? Well, because I'm, I'm watching this. And so then there's a debate over who is going to be taking control of that precious item, the remote control. What are we going to watch? Right? And whoever has the control has the power. Right? Right? But Jesus is saying this. The risk of following me is that you've got to give up something. You've got to give up control of your life. You've got to say, Jesus, I want you to have the control. 
I want you to be my boss. That's, that's a wonderful way I like to try and use with kids when I'm talking about how do you make Jesus your Lord and your Savior. We don't use the word Lord very often. We don't even use the word master very often. It's about making Jesus your boss. It's about saying, I understand that the direction that I was going when I was in charge of my life was leading me towards sin and death, and I'm changing my mind. And now, Jesus, I'm going to deny myself because I want you to be the boss of my life. That's what Jesus is saying. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and follow me. Follow me. You actually have to reject yourself and accept Jesus. Well, he gives us another risk of following Jesus. The first risk that you give up something is that you give up control of your life. But then he goes on to say in verse 23, Luke chapter 9, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Take up his cross daily. Now you see, we look back on this text, on, on this verse, and we know Jesus died on a cross, right? He died on a cross. We know that. But, but Jesus hadn't accomplished that yet. And so what he's talking about is he's saying, look, we know that people are executed all the places that we go. We see it on the roads that people are put on a cross. And yes, of course, he is alluding to him, his own self. I'm going, to, I'm going to give myself up on the cross. But what he is telling us, what he's telling anybody who wishes to follow after Jesus, is he's saying, you must be willing to embrace God's will no matter the cost. Willing to embrace God's will no matter the cost. Giving up of yourself, saying no matter what it costs me today, even to the furthest degree, if that means that I give up my life itself to follow you, Jesus, I'm willing to do it. If anyone wishes to follow Jesus, you must be willing to take up your cross and follow him. But before we think this may be just a one-time event, oh man, I got through that. Ooh, never have to do that again. What does he say there in verse 23? Let him take up his cross daily and follow me. This isn't just a one-time event. This is a way of life. And last time I checked, days usually start, for most of us, in the morning. In the morning. When you get up and you start a new day, it's actually thinking to yourself, Jesus, today, whatever it costs, you've got me. You've got me. I'm willing to give it up. You're worth it. You've got me. It's a daily event. It's a daily attitude of the heart to say, I'm going to give up whatever it takes because Jesus is worth it. I'm willing to give it up. Embracing God's will for your life for today, no matter the cost. No matter the cost. Do you want a picture of discipleship? You know, that's a word we throw around. It's a Christianese term, but it's called being a follower of Jesus. And, and I like the idea of following Jesus as, as simple as that I can go and, and sign up for something. You know, I can attend a men's conference. Of course, that's a good thing to do. I can sign up for a small group. That's a good thing to do too. I can sign up to serve in, you know, a ministry or something. Those are good things to do. I can drop my, my, my offering and offering plate. Those are wonderful things. But unless you're willing to embrace God's will, no matter the cost daily, Jesus is saying, you can't come after me. Do you want a picture of discipleship? 
Do you want to hear how Jesus called people to respond to the gospel? Boy, this would be the last way I would choose if I were to have an evangelistic service to say, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. But this is what what Jesus was doing in the gospel call. Here it is. This is not prosperity. This is death to self. It's a daily willingness to say, Jesus, you have my life. I'll follow you no matter what it will cost me today. You're worth it. You're worth it. I don't know what it's going to cost me today. I was singing earlier, Lord, I don't know. What do you want from me today? What, what could it cost me today? I don't know the answer to that. You know it. But I'm telling you right now, Jesus, you've got me. You've got me. And, you know, I said it today, but you know what I'm going to have to do tomorrow? I'm going to have to say it tomorrow. You're going to have to say it tomorrow. Whoever wishes to follow Jesus must deny himself, embrace God's will for his or her life, no matter the cost, and follow him as, an, as a daily, regular occurrence. Jesus says, let him follow me. Follow me. Following Jesus. Friends, it's risky business to follow Jesus. You will give up something. If you have your Bibles with you, turn over to Luke chapter 14, verses 25 to 33. Luke chapter 14, verses 25 to 33. Luke 14, 25 says this. Now great crowds accompanied him, being Jesus, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple." Not permission, ability. He cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he's laid a foundation, is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he will send a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. The words of Jesus, counting the cost, counting the cost. Friends, following Jesus is risky business. You will have to give up something to follow Jesus. And even though I, I didn't die yesterday because I followed Jesus, that doesn't mean I didn't give up anything. It's not about... Will you die today for Jesus? The issue is, are you willing to embrace his will for your life no matter the cost? The cost of following Jesus. It's risky business. Friends, have have you counted the cost of following him? This goes much deeper, much deeper than accepting Jesus into your heart so that you could go to heaven. I'm not saying that those things aren't true. I'm just saying that that's not a complete picture of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This is Jesus' evangelistic message. Will you follow me? Will you release control of your life and commit to following me every day, no matter the cost? Are you willing? 
Are you willing to risk something for Jesus? Are you following him not just as a one-time event to say, I know, I remember I was at a rally or I was at a church service or I sat with a friend in a coffee shop and that day I said, well, I'm willing to follow Jesus. But then there's never been anything since. Are you following him daily? Last I checked, every day starts with the morning. Do you give it to him in the morning and say, Lord, no matter the cost, I don't know, but I know following you is risky. I'm willing to give up something. How about yourself personally? Does Jesus have control over your desires? Does he have control over your dreams? Does he have control over your motives? Does Jesus have control? Are you in, it, in this life just for yourself to see what can I get out of this? Always thinking about number one. How do you handle your morals personally? You know, what does it look like to give Jesus control when I'm behind the computer scene, computer screen and nobody else is watching? Does Jesus have control over where I click here or where I click there? Does Jesus have control over the thoughts that I have when someone is, is mean toward me or rude toward me? Is my mind filled with bitterness and hatred and revenge? Does Jesus have control over your thoughts, your morals? Does Jesus have control over who you sleep with? What you, what you watch with your eyes? Does Jesus have control over your relationships? How you treat people in your family? How you treat your wife? I know none of you do this, but sometimes my wife and I have arguments. That's, I know that's none of you in here. <laughs> We, we sometimes have arguments, and there's that moment, I, and I almost could tell you, every argument, I could look back and say, there was that moment when we're disagreeing, and I have a choice to make. Am I going to put my foot down and say, I got to have my way? Or there's that moment that I could say, Matthew, I can hear Jesus saying, Matthew, are you willing to embrace my will for your life, no matter the cost? in your relationships? Does Jesus have control over your finances, how you spend your money? Does he have control over your wallet, over your bank account? Are you willing to embrace God's will no matter the cost for the resources that he put in your hands? Does Jesus have control over your future? Young people, if you're in here today, whoever you might be, wherever you might be at, whatever grade you might be in, does Jesus have control over your future? What if Jesus called you to a foreign mission field? Go do it. Jesus wants everything from you. Everything. That's all he asks for. You have to risk something for Jesus. What about your service? Does Jesus have your service? Are you available to him to say, Jesus, how do you want me to serve others? Does Jesus have your witness? Does he have your testimony? When you're out in the workplace or in the marketplace, wherever you may be, does he have you that you're a faithful witness for him? I've been there before, friends, many times. I've been there before, and I can see it looks like there's a green light with this person. They don't know Jesus. They need to know him, and they may say something related to, you know, uh, something significant or maybe even God or something. It's like there's a green light there. I could, I could say something that points them to the hope that I have in Jesus Christ. And you know what I've done so many times? Turn around and ran like a wimp. Because I hadn't taken up my cross that day to say, Jesus, no matter the cost, I want to follow you. Point number one again. 
it will cost you something to follow Jesus. It will cost you something to follow Jesus. He says again, verse 23 of Luke 9, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. It will cost you something to follow Jesus. But he's not done. He's not done. We've got three more verses here that show us the second point is this. Just like you will risk something to follow Jesus, he's telling us you will risk everything in not following Jesus. You will risk something to follow him, but the other option to not follow him is to say you will risk everything, everything. Look at verse 24. It says this of Luke 9, For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. And, and he uses the word there for life that is, it, it also denotes soul. It's the same word, life or soul. We're not talking about just your physical life, how many breaths, how many heartbeats you have. We talk about your very soul that Jesus is talking about here. So you may have the desire to say, I want to live a long and easy life, but you could give up your soul. But if you're willing to give up your life, Jesus is saying, you will give up something to follow me. But if you don't follow me, you'll give up everything. I'm offering you everything. I'm offering you that which is truly life. That which is life that goes beyond the here and now. That which is life that goes beyond just this physical that you could see. I'm giving you eternal life. Again, you will risk something to follow Jesus, but you'll risk everything by not following Jesus. Verse 25, Luke 9 says, For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits or loses himself? Maybe this is you. Maybe you've got that desire to say, I want to gain as many possessions as I can in this life. You know, you've seen the bumper sticker, he who uh, dies with the most toys wins, right? It's kind of antiquated now, but we saw that for a while. Thinking that this life is about achieving and gaining as much as I can. I want the mansion on East Coast and West Coast. I'll take two of them, please. I want the sports car. I want the, I want the boat. I want, I want the big vacations. I want the nice clothing. But maybe it's not just possessions. Maybe it's about, you know, having power and prestige and reputation. You want the world. I want it. I want it at my fingertips. What does Jesus say? You gain the whole world and lose or forfeit yourself. Jesus is saying, look, if you go after the stuff, the somethings of this life, you could sell your very own soul. Selling your soul for what this world has to offer. On the contrary, holding loosely to those things when they come into your possession, if they ever come into your possession. Jesus is saying, you may give up something to follow me, but I can give you everything. I can give you everything. Verse 26 says, For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. The desire here that Jesus is addressing is the desire of not being willing to be associated with Jesus. 
or to obey his commands in front of others for fear of ridicule or punishment. It's saying, ooh, I don't know if I can do that because if I tell somebody that I'm a follower of Jesus, if I tell someone that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, if I say that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, if I say I, want, I can't do that with you because I obey Jesus, or I do this because I obey Jesus, I'm ashamed of what they may think of me. It's a fear of man. It's a fear of others. Jesus is saying, well, you, you need to get over that. And you need to, to be willing to give that up. Risk that something of what you think you may be afraid of, of what others think about you, about, about being a follower of Jesus. You need to be willing to give that up because the alternative is this. That the Son of Man will be ashamed of you when He comes in His glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Yeah, you give up something, but you gain everything. And on the alternative is, I don't want to hear, I'm ashamed of Matthew. I want to, say, I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's, that's, that's for eternity. Are, are any of us willing to take a few moments of ridicule? And think about where we live in the United States. Here we are. We didn't, we're not underground. We're here. We're out in the open. We're Valley Bible Church. In fact, we got three big old crosses next to the freeway because we want everybody to know that we're a Bible-believing, Jesus-following church. We're not hiding anything around here, but there's so many people all over the world, Christians like you, Christians like me, that they can't do that because the doors will get knocked down and they'll be arrested and taken or, or killed. I'm not saying they're wrong for doing that, but what they're saying is that we're willing to worship no matter the cost. We're willing to follow Jesus no matter the cost. Friends, we are the ones that are at risk because it's so easy to follow Jesus. It's so easy to follow, and we give up so little. But Jesus is saying, if you want to follow me, you will give up something. But if you don't follow me, you'll give up everything. It's all about the risk. What risk are you willing to take? What are some of the rewards of following Jesus? Well, verse 24 talks about it in Luke 9. He says, you can save your life. Saving your life. Having life. The illusion that we have is that this life is everything. The here and now is everything. But Jesus is offering something totally better. Something that has a quality of life that reaches down inside your soul. He's given us an eternity to life that says it will last forever for, with him in heaven, with God the Father in the new heavens and the new earth. He's given us life, real life, the tree of life. If we follow him. The grace of the gospel is that Jesus has provided a new and better way. He told you to deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow him to give you something better. No, to give you the best. The best. Friends, if you're not following Jesus, you are at risk. You're giving up the best. What else is a reward of following Jesus? I love what Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 to 8. This is what the apostle Paul says. He said, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. He risks something so that he doesn't risk everything. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. 
Do you see G- Paul, the great risk taker there? He says, I, everything that I used to have, all of my status, all of my religious badges, everything that people thought about me, I had the world at my fingertips, right? I count them all as rubbish. I throw them all away. I deny myself. I'm taking up my cross gladly and following Jesus because I'm getting that which surpasses all of those other things. I get Jesus. I get Jesus. Paul is saying, I'm willing to sacrifice these little somethings to make sure I do not risk the everything, Jesus. When you choose to follow Jesus daily, you will lose something, but you will gain everything. This is the faith that saved. This is true, biblical, Jesus faith. Turn from yourself, friend, Turn from yourself and trust in Jesus. You will receive forgiveness of sins. You will receive mercy from God, forgiveness. You will receive grace, his divine favor. Trust in Jesus and he will give you new life through the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Trust in Jesus. Give up the somethings. Gain the everything. He'll give you purpose for your life. How many of us go around, we're bouncing around off each other, and we can't figure out what direction are we all moving in? Jesus gives you purpose to your life. Following Jesus means that you get all these things, and best of all, you get Him. You get Jesus. So we have to ask ourselves, as we look at Jesus' words, they are not easy words. Each of us are put in a predicament. Every single one of us, this is all our story. Every single one of us. We were all created to know and love God, but we're all a part of this human race that has fallen desperate because we've all sinned. All have sinned and fall short of God's perfect standard. But God in his mercy, has provided his son, Jesus, the redeemer, to buy us back. And now we're all faced with the decision. What's the greater risk? What's the greater risk? Am I willing to give up something in this life to make sure that I do not give up everything in Jesus? What's the greater risk? Is it to follow Jesus The risk that Jesus has mercifully revealed to us is that the greatest risk you could ever take in your life is to not follow him. So I want to ask, as we get ready to close here, I want to ask a few questions. Who may be at risk in this room today? Who may be at risk if you're watching at home right now? Who's at risk? I am the one who claims to be a Christian, whenever you, Christian, make a choice to be the boss of your life and deny that Jesus has the right to be your master, you put yourself at risk. God did not purchase you with the blood of his precious son just so that you could go out and do whatever you wanted to live. You know, when you go out and you buy, like, I got a new laptop not too long ago, and I love it. It's awesome, right? But if somebody came along and they took it from me and they started using it for their own purposes... And they're like, I need to use that. They say, no, you don't have any right to that. What would I show them? I'd show them the receipt. Here's the receipt right here. You could see what was paid for it, right? Right? Jesus is holding out the receipt today. He's saying, look, I paid for you with the blood, with my own blood. God the Father saying, look, I've got the receipt right here. You belong to me. 
You belong to me. And when we decide not to live with Jesus as our boss, without Jesus as our master, that's when discipline comes. Oh, Lord, Lord, your disciplining hand. But he gives you discipline, not, not to punish you, but he gives you discipline as a child, Christian. You, friend, if you are a follower of Jesus, maybe you're at risk because it's been a long time since you woke up and thought to yourself, I'm going to deny myself, I'm going to take up his cross, and I'm going to follow him. You may be a genuine believer, you may be a genuine follower of Jesus, but it's been a while since you acted like it. It may have been a really, really long time since you act, acted like it. You are at risk, friend, from the disciplining hand of God. But, but Jesus gives grace. He gives grace. I'm so thankful that Jesus said, let him take up his cross daily, right? Daily. It's a daily occurrence. I'm so glad because what that means is that today, this day, this Sunday, you could turn from your sin and get back on track with following Jesus. You can do it today. You can do it tomorrow. Christian friend, if, if it's been a while since you followed Jesus, since you denied yourself and, and took up your cross and followed him, today's the day. You can get right with God again. Who else is at risk that could be hearing Jesus' words today? Where all world is at risk. Our world is at risk, and I'll explain what I mean by that. You see, Christians, you followers of Jesus, without you, our world will never see Jesus. They are at risk, and the only hope that they've got of seeing Jesus is through you. And I'm one, I believe that God chooses and that he'll do whatever he needs to do to make sure that his people get saved. But I want you to know today, he wants to use you to make it happen. Our watching world is at risk. We have to ask ourselves, why is our influence in our culture so weak? Why are our resources to do God's work, why are they so meager? Why is our passion so dull? Friends, it's because our watching world doesn't see Jesus through us and they're at risk. They need to see Jesus in you. They need to see Jesus in how you neighbor them. They need to see Jesus in how you work with them. They need to see Jesus in how you join them in your community projects. They need to see Jesus when you go out to eat this afternoon. They need to see Jesus in your life. They're at risk they're at risk and they need to see Jesus in you and how you live distinctively so they can say, I want to follow this Jesus too. But if we aren't denying ourselves and taking up our cross and following Jesus, they remain at risk because they will never see Jesus through us. Friends, this world needs disciples this world needs Jesus followers. This world needs people who are saying, I will turn from myself and I will follow Jesus. I will take up my cross today, no matter the cost, because I want those people who are not yet Christians to see Jesus in me. Our world's at risk. It's up to us, friends. God using you as you submit your life to him to say, I want to make Jesus on display wherever I go. Our world is at risk. They need the church. That's why God put us here. We need to represent him well. We need to make the commitment to deny ourselves and take up our cross daily and follow him. Just to share a, a, an aside story real quick. <clears throat> About 10 or 11 years ago now, I, I was following Jesus. I was sitting, for the most part, I was sitting where you are. 
And uh, there were aspects of my life I thought, oh yeah, Jesus, you can have that. But there were parts of me that I just was not willing to give up. I was a time hoarder. I hoarded my time. I loved, I loved what I could do with myself on my weekends and my evenings. That I, I never made myself available to serve Jesus or to make myself available to be with not yet Christians so that they could see Jesus in me. And I had a really good friend who saw this in me. You may know him. His name's Phil Howard. <laughs> Pastor Phil brought me into his office one time. He said, Matthew, he says, you've invested in, in so much education and things like that, but you're holding back. You're holding back. What, what, are, what are you holding back any longer? And, and I could hear him repeating Jesus' words right here. Matthew, when are you going to start making a habit of your life to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow Jesus? You're holding back. And it cut to my heart. It cut my heart deep. And I wept and I cried and I made the commitment that day and I've not lived it perfectly by any stretch of the means. But I told Jesus that day, I said, Jesus, I don't know what you want from me today, but whatever you want, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take up my cross. And so I did that day and I can tell you there have been a lot more days of taking up my cross and denying myself and following Jesus than there were before that date. But it took a friend, it took a friend telling me, hey, you're not, you're not falling with all you got. There may be many of us in here today, we're giving Jesus half of what we got and we know we are holding so much back. It's time to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, seven days a week, and follow him. But he gives grace Friend, if you're here today, and it's been a long time, he wants you to come back and get back on track again. There's someone else at risk here today. The not yet Christian is at risk. Friend, you, you may be a, a seeker here today that has come by because you've seen the three crosses here on our campus, and, and you know, you've been around churchy stuff before, and you're just kind of seeking, what, what's the truth out there? We want you to know today we want you to know today that God offers grace to you, but we also want you to hear the words of Jesus that yes, if you want to follow Jesus, you will risk something. But friend, I want you to know today that if you decide to not follow Jesus, you are risking everything. You're risking everything. God is offering you hope. He's offering you eternal life. And as long as you stand with your hand rejected against Jesus, you are putting yourself at risk of losing it all. And what is it worth? Some possessions in this life? Some ease and comfort? Our life is like a vapor. It's here and then it's gone. Are you willing to risk all that Jesus offers just to invest in that short time, which is our life? Friend, I'm calling you here today. No, Jesus is calling you here today. And he's saying, yes, you will have to give up something. But don't give up everything that I'm offering to you. Who's a disciple of Jesus here today? Who's willing to say, no matter the cost, I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to take up my cross and follow him. I, I want to stop risking, risking everything so that I could just have the little somethings. Every single one of you know what those somethings are in your life. I have them in my life. What are we willing to give up those little somethings so that we could have everything in Jesus, in Jesus? We're going to sing a song in closing. It's called Christ is Enough for Me. Christ is Enough for Me.
And I want to say right here, I do not want to sing that song unless I mean it this morning. Is Christ enough for me? I'm going to ask you to respond today. If you're one of those not yet Christians, you're seeking just to find out what, what is this following Jesus all about, I'm inviting you today, respond. Respond today. Stop rejecting Jesus. Stop settling for the somethings and tell Jesus, I want everything today. I want it all. I'll take up my cross. I'll follow you. I trust in you. I'm going to ask you, come down here. We have caring people that want to pray with you and guide you to Jesus. But there's some of you, it's been a long time since you denied yourself and took up your cross and followed Jesus. Today's the day Jesus is offering to you his grace. He's graciously saying, stop receiving the somethings. Give those up so that I can give you everything again. Come back to Jesus. Receive everything. Let's stand together. Stand together. And if you mean it from your heart, we're going to sing together, Christ is enough for me. And if you want to respond and get right with Jesus today, we'll be here with you to pray with you and counsel you. Let me close in prayer and then we'll sing. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much that Jesus came to give us grace. He came to shake us awake a little bit to help us to see that the greatest risk in all of this life is to not follow him. Father, if there's anybody here today that has never given up something to receive Jesus, the everything, oh, I pray that you'd move on their hearts today, that they would respond to say, I don't want to stop living for the here and now. I want Jesus. I want everything. And Father, for those of us here, maybe it's been a long, long time since we acted like a disciple. We acted like a follower of Jesus. Jesus is here to say, come back to me, son. Come back to me, daughter. Come back to me, friend. I want you to experience the everything that I could offer you again. Father, teach us to manage the risk, to say, I'll give up the somethings of this life so that I could have the everything who is Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.